Hey, thanks for joining us on the Hero Initiative podcast. We are now in week two of our devotional and our all-church-focused series. And if you haven't been reading, man, you are missing out. God has been challenging me in my heart on what it means to be a hero and also a hero maker. So if you haven't started reading, you can go ahead and access our devotional in our lobby or at the branch in the lawn, or you can just join us on the church app, and you can find those on Apple and Google platforms. So this week, we have joining us my friend Colson and Jolinda Knight. And this week, uh, we're going to be looking at what they did and what they wrote about in their devotionals. Colson is going to be our resident Lord of the Rings expert. He really, really loves Lord of the Rings. And Jolinda is our author. And let's dive in and see what Justin has for us on this podcast this week. This is uh, Pastor Justin McKeldry, and we are on our third installment, second week of our podcast. The Hero Initiative is the all-church focus that we are working our way through, and we are on just starting week two of that. And we have some guests in here who, well, I'll, I'll tell you why they're here. Um, first, we have Colson, and Colson... I'm blanking. Bar- Berkeley. Barkley. Barkley. Yes. No, that's I get that a lot. That's okay. 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 Well, good. Um, so uh, now in this week, in the intros in each of the devotionals, there's an, a little brief write-up introducing the theme. And so this one, we, we use Gandalf looking for someone to share in an adventure, and we use that to launch off into an idea of discipleship, and that G- Jesus calls Peter, and they go on their life transformation process for Peter. So since we have the Lord of the Rings kind of intro piece, uh, Coulson is our Lord of the Rings kind of super fan here. So, <laughs> uh, and I'll have him yep. share what that means in a second. And then Victor, Pastor Victor's here again. I'm going right to left in your in, in your imagination here. Victor's there. And then Jalinda Knight is here as well. And she is one of our authors from, um, from this week and uh, did specifically uh, Peter and Cornelius's interaction. We'll talk a little bit about that as we go and... Um, but why don't we go to you guys each in turn and just tell us a little more about yourself. Jalinda, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you've done, because that's pretty significant as well. Uh, um, my name is Jolinda. Right now I am working for Boeing. I've worked for Boeing off and on for about 30 years. That's my current mission field, I guess, which is kind of interesting because I also spent about 10 years in South Africa, and I've not been a Christian all of my life. So why I say that's interesting is because um, I became a Christian rather late in my life. And when I did, I spent about eight years in South Africa doing mission work. And that was when I became a Christian, I went to South Africa and... When I went over there, I did charity work and mission work, and it was really a blessing to go and do that. But when I did, when I came back to the States, I told God I'd go do anything, but please don't put me back in corporate world because I knew how (laughs) difficult the corporate world would be. And God, in his grace, I guess, put me back in the corporate world so I could see what it was like to serve and be a Christian in the corporate world. And that's what I'm doing now. That's wonderful. So it's a blessing to be back here and actually be serving him in a corporate world. And as a corporate person, being a Christian in the place I used to be a non-Christian and a very obvious non-Christian. So... That's you, my story. Do you work with a lot of the same people? You, I do work with a wow. lot of the same people in a very different oh way goodness. than I used to work with them. So Okay. okay. That's great. And uh, I've had the fortunate chance of getting to know your husband, William, and he's told me some 
interesting stories about South Africa and the mission work and what you've done there, uh, what you two did there. And I think that it's, I think personally it's worthy of another podcast episode. We're going to have to just dive deep into your stories because, <laughs> uh, man, it's, I'm super excited. But, it was very interesting. Wow. So, and now is another interesting chapter in our lives. So God's been very good to us. So how old were you when you came to Christ? Um, I was in my early forties. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Wow. I want to hear that story too. Yeah. Colson, tell me about yourself. Yeah. My name is Colson Barkley. Um, I graduated from Wheaton College uh, seven years ago now, and I feel like the Lord has just had me on a tremendous journey of figuring out life purpose stuff. Um, Long story short, I held a job at Disneyland for six and a half years, and I quit yesterday (laughs) because I got another job that starts tomorrow. So, yeah, here we are, the one day in between jobs. And you're spending it with us. Thank you. Spending it with you, yes. Loving it. Um, I'll be a music teacher at Grace Christian Elementary School. Awesome. Yeah. The music director there is the title. So, teaching, um, managing stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm really excited. And you're getting married soon, aren't you? Getting married in almost a month. Oh, my gosh. A lot of transition right now. So much. So it's hard to sum up what I am in that sense. Um, But, yeah, big, big Lord of the Rings fan. That's been part of, just part of the journey of transformation of my heart that the Lord has taken me on since graduating from Wheaton, and I hope to get into that today. Let's start with that, because how has that, because we're looking at Peter being called is is what we're looking at this week and really as much mm-hmm. as you can in a week at Peter's transformation from you know what we know of Peter he's kind of mm-hmm. up and down and he ends up being really a pillar of the church um, mm-hmm. so that's the journey he's on so mm-hmm. lord of the rings i mean i know people are fans but i don't haven't heard a ton of people talking about how it's been part of their transformation process oh my so, goodness so Tell me that. That's that's fascinating. Oh, man. I Well, I want to clarify. I do get a lot of my ideas for how Lord of the Rings relates to Christianity um, from uh, a lecture I heard uh, from Tim Keller. Um, he's an author and pastor in New York. Um, it was It's just a recording I've heard twice. It's about half an hour long. Um, but his main idea and how he... Uh, at least he starts off in claiming Lord of the Rings uh, as a Christian story is it like holds a profound melancholy I believe is how Tim Keller puts it it acknowledges um, the reality of good and evil existing in the same world but the goodness being so good in a very Christian way um yeah, I found myself thinking and viewing that Lord of the Rings is the most realistic story I've ever, uh, like, watched in a movie or read in a book. I don't read a ton of books, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, but I am I consider myself an artist um, in the performing arts. I've done a lot of storytelling these past several years. Um, and so, you know, analyzing and thinking through how a story is told and what makes it Christian... I I do consider that I I have put a lot of thought into that. And again, I say, ironically, that Lord of the Rings is the most realistic story I've I've witnessed. And it's ironic because it's a fantasy. Yeah, (laughs) there's like magic and all this lore and long (laughs) life and everything. So what kind of clues you into... um, real the realistic part? Is it the 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 lore or the the kind of the powers behind it or is it the narrative it's it's the characters and how they handle the situations Mm. tim keller points out that every character in the story is good and evil and there's you know Mm. for sure the archetypes did i say the word right (laughs) in the story of like osauron is obviously the bad guy but no gandalf points out that even sauron was good at one point um gandalf has flaws and makes mistakes is not omniscient or omnipresent by any sense but he's sent from the demigod people who if you read the Silmarillion this isn't in the books at all but um, who aren't perfect either Uh, and so the acknowledgement of good and evil not just happening in the world but happening in our own hearts 
mm. isn't in a lot of other religions. <laughs> it, that's a very Christian idea, I would argue. Hmm. How specifically has it been part of your journey? Because you, you, you mentioned how it's been oh, part man. of your transformation process. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I mean, as much as you want to share, yeah. comfortable sharing, whatever, how, how, what about it has been like, oh, that's going to change how I think, how I live. Mm -hmm. um, Every character in the story has something for me. Um, so I can't list them all, I don't think, without yeah. taking forever to do it. Yeah. So I'll list the ones that come to mind right away. That could be a side podcast. Yeah, itself, I right? think like, so. <laughs> well, like, not just one pod, like I'm talking about. Yes, a, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to deep dive into stories yep. and then also <laughs> yeah. uh, Lord of the Rings Yeah, holy cow. Theoden comes to mind first. Um, Theoden's the king of Rohan. Uh, we meet him in the second book, Two Towers, and we stay with him through the third book, a return of the king he and, and is told more more fervently and obviously in the movies which i do appreciate than in the books but it's but there's deeper nuances in the books too so give and take for both he in quick summary has been lied to for several several years that he is decrepit is that the word <laughs> um Gandalf calls him out of that, and he realizes his son is dead. In in the lying, he finds out his son is dead, and that his house, his purpose, is how I my heart feels it. His purpose has been destroyed over the past several years while he's been basically asleep spiritually. Um, and that's when we meet him. He's out of that now, and he sees, okay, his people are under attack. He's going to die trying to protect his people. And that's kind of, okay, that's not good either. You shouldn't just go throw your life away to gain purpose. Um, anyway, that that so that's all happening in one day. That night, massive battle, 10,000 Urukai, like really strong bad guy orcs, <laughs> are attacking his people, and he gets them to this defensive location at Helm's Deep. And it's not going well. Gandalf abandons them um, on a, right before that battle. And basically, it doesn't go well, and he despairs, says, what can man do against such reckless hate, and basically falls over. Aragorn says, okay, you want glory, let's ride out, meet them. It's like, okay, for death and glory, no, for Rohan, for your people. Ride out there, and then Gandalf wasn't abandoning them, he was gathering troops, ends up saving everyone. And then, so Theoden learns a lesson there. He sees the situation in all of Middle-earth. It's not just his people. This is in Return of the King now. He's, he decides he's not going to despair. He leads 6,000 troops to the battle at Minas Tirith, where Sauron's main army is attacking. He gets there. He... Despair. Uh, you see, uh, Mary. Mary. You see it from Mary's perspective. Who's uh, Mary? One of the hobbits. One of the characters. <laughs> um, that Theoden is about to despair. He sees it's I think a hundred thousand orcs at this one, and he only has six thousand troops with him. That there really isn't hope for this one, and it seemed to Mary that Theoden was just going to turn around. But then the subtle thing that I could talk way more about, there's a gust of wind that comes from the south that, uh, paraphrasing here, like is bear, uh, bearing some hope, some transcendent uh, reason to say that there could be hope in this or that there is no hope if you don't do this. And then Theoden snaps into action, decides just because he decided and he felt that hope or something to overcome all those fears and just the way it's described the charge he leads of all the the 6000 horsemen into that battle is just glorious i cry every time in the movie i cry every time i've read it and it's and it's so exhilarating so how that applies to me that fear that theoden feels it's such a heightened reality uh, a heightened way to tell the reality of what's going on in my heart how strong those fears feel 
that not only am I going to die if I do this thing, but my lineage, my history, and my honor, my purpose will become useless if I do this thing. But it's also useless if I don't do it, and there's just a hopeless despair that I really, really relate to. But he just decides to overcome it. Um, and I could talk more that there's value in that. That gust of wind seems, I would argue, comes from the demigod things that aren't really in the trilogy. You learn about them in the Silmarillion, the extra, um, the extra history behind the books. So there's one of the characters. <laughs> Man, that that we could expand so much and go so many different yeah. places with that. But it sounds yeah. like even now, as I think about just the briefly you shared about how you're transitioning into a new job, how you're mm-hmm. going to be married in a month, like all those yeah. things are things that you know can sometimes feel so overwhelming. I I'm terrified. Yeah, <laughs> I really am because yeah. I don't know what's comfortable. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to treat my wife, and I don't know my purpose in it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's great. Something you're going to have to hold on to as you feel that gust of wind come. He just arise sons of Rohan and the arise command really gets me. Yeah. That's great. Anyway, any thoughts on that? I mean, that was, that was fantastic storytelling. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) No, very good. Let's take a quick break and hear what we have coming up at Cypress and the branch church. During our all-church-focused season, we've been learning about heroes, and one of the things that heroes do is serve. They serve the community, they protect, and they're loyal. And so one of the things we wanted to do as a church as we learn about what it means to be a hero is on September 14th, our church is going to be doing a local serve day. Our church on that Saturday will be going out to various aspects of a community and serving in different ways. So if you'd like to become our local heroes, Let's go together into the community. You can sign up on our church app, or you can email Justin at justin at cypresschurch.net. Yeah, and as you tie that to your Powerful. fear, yeah, yeah, I think that's something that we can all resonate with. And, mm-hmm. and we need that, you know, and, and ultimately I think that gust of wind, you know, comes from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. as we as we talk about, mm-hmm. as we translate that theologically. But it's amazing how many different things God uses. Yeah for that to happen. It could be that person putting their arm around you. It could that be that person who kicks you in the backside saying, yes. get with it. You know, yes. who knows what you need? And the spirit knows what we need. And he brings us people, some pleasant, some not, who give us that, <laughs> you know, and that's a yeah. gift. That's really a gift. If I could talk a little more about that gust of wind, sure. do you mind? Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> that Go gust ahead. of wind. You don't, there's no mention of these demigod things in the trilogy. It's just, uh, it's just kind of, okay, some people sort of believe, some people don't they don't mention they they sort of believe in a higher power ish and that's all you kind of feel um that maybe the earth is alive maybe not it's very sympathetic to a non-christian audience and i respect that a lot because it can speak to our spirits more uh easily i think if there's blocks there or if we have different view of god or whatever but you find out a little later after that moment i just shared about you find out that that gust of wind blew away all the clouds that covered the orcs because the orcs can't travel under sunlight because they just don't like it and they like everything. They don't like wither and die or anything, but they just don't like the sun as sin is. You don't like, it doesn't like to be seen. Um, And also that gust of wind gave Aragorn, who's coming with a surprise reinforcements upstream, up the river. They wouldn't have made it in time without the extra wind. So that gust of wind gave hope to Theoden, um, made the orcs weaker, and gave the reinforcements. Mm-hmm. And there's no mention of why or how it came. It was just, oh, Sauron thought it was an unlucky gust of wind. Mm. But I think Tolkien was intending a purpose behind it. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah, there's so much more happening than we know, right? Yeah. It, yeah. Just and, a gust of wind was way more than a gust, gust of wind. Just wind changed everything. Yeah. yeah. And God does that. No, that's great think that's like none of us can make it without that gust of wind being the Holy Spirit. None of us can make mm-hmm. it through anything in life yes. without the Holy Spirit. The battle would have been lost. Yeah. yeah. And in a lot of ways, kind of, kind of zooming out and seeing the big picture, sometimes in our moment, we can't necessarily see the implications of what a gust of wind might do 
for everyone. It could just be for us and we might see odd effects, but yeah, who, who, you know, God sees the bigger kind of picture in a lot of ways. Usually when we see, like we talk about stories and testimonies, it's only that we can look back and see, and then all of a sudden all the dots start connecting. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot of truth within that. That's awesome. Yeah. At the time you don't see it and then you can look back later and go, that's what that's what was happening. That's yeah. what was going on. Yeah, and this is why, and then this is why, right. and then all of a sudden you, you get the puzzle and the image. Then it's all connected. Yeah. 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 And I think it's critical to to hang on to those in the moments where we can't see. Mm. You know, that. and I remember a Hebrew professor in college talking about, you know, the worldview of the, the Hebrew prophets, nation of Israel, was kind of, he used the illustration of being in a rowboat. And when you're in a rowboat, you're facing backwards. You still have to look over your shoulder oh, to make sure you're pointed sense. the right direction. And so that's why you see in the Psalms so much remembering, you know. And so I think that's a critical piece for us of to because inevitably the fog is coming back, right? You know, the mm-hmm. real time is I don't know what to do here and there. But when we look back and see how God's been faithful in the past, we can take confidence to take that next step, whatever that mm-hmm. is. I think that's uh, as you're, you're sharing that story and and we'll hear more of our stories coming up, but, um, just preaching to kick off the all church focus last Sunday, I, I, we were in Hebrews 12 and I spent some time talking about Hebrews 11 and, you know, there's this great hall of faith, we call it mm-hmm. kind of this hall of fame of all these heroes. And some of them, you'd be like, Oh, that guy was kind of hit and miss, you know? And some of them were, you know, big heroes. And then others were these unnamed people who, um, died. I mean, they just, you know, they're sawn in two, they're all this stuff, terrible stuff happens and they're anonymous, you know, but the, the theme in that is hardship that mm-hmm. they had to endure that this was, this was hard. And so to hear, you know, that, that illustration and how that helped you and continues to help you kind of face those fears that we all, if we don't fear, then either we're not doing enough or, mm we're not smart. Like there's, there's, you know, in the sense of there's, there's, we should be tackling things big enough to scare us on one level. Um, that that's a pretty critical piece and knowing it's not going to be easy. And I think that's an important, uh, thing where those connect together. So I don't know. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's mm-hmm. great stuff on, on the Lord of the Rings. Now we're also talking about Peter here today. So, mm-hmm. um, Peter's story is pretty, it's quite a journey as well. Um, so I don't know. Is there anything, I mean, people are going to read the devotional this week. We, we just preached on it, you know, a couple of days ago, um, in terms of, of Peter, but what his transformation is pretty tremendous. I, I don't know. I guess I, I don't want to just go sequentially through it all. Cause I want people to read their Bible and read their devotional to do that, but read your Bible guys. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, what, you know, Peter's, he's a character. He tackled big things. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. <laughs> so mm-hmm. what are your, I guess, favorite Peter moments? What, how has Peter instructed you? Not necessarily when I mean, we'll get to your, what you covered in the devotional, but just in general, like everyone has an opinion on Peter, you know, or, or at least That's true. their favorite Peter story. <laughs> Does anyone? Peter is ready ready, fire, aim. Peter just goes. And Peter doesn't have a lot of fear, but he doesn't think things through. Peter Mm -hmm. just, Peter goes, and then he thinks about it. So Peter jumps forward and then thinks. Mm -hmm. And I I love that about Peter, but I also understand that (laughs) about Peter. Because I think we've all been in situations where we jump forward and go do things, and then we go, gee, did I really just go do that? <laughs> right. And we leap forward and go do things and try things before we really think them through. Right. And whether that's jumping forward in faith or that's jumping forward and just not thinking things through, mm-hmm. who knows sometimes. Right. But Peter was yeah. one of those people who just leaped forward and did yeah, and I think he gets a bad rap, like in the sense of we always kind of make fun of him, but he he took steps on water. No one else did, True. you know. Like mm-hmm. I mean, we True. laugh at the fact mm-hmm. that he fell, but he got out. Like yep. you know, yep. um, and I think how he much he just went, yeah, and went for it, yeah. And how much poorer would 
all of our discipleship journeys be without Peter to yeah. learn from those mistakes along the way. So, uh, And there's an aspect where sometimes we, if we think too much about things, it can, you know, you talk about it, yeah. the swirl and kind of the, like yeah, getting we'll caught in your own, yeah, talk ourselves out of it, mm. or we don't yeah, take as much yeah. risk as we might too yep. because we, mm-hmm. we see it. But at some times we just got to, it sounds like Peter just like, without almost thinking, trusted his gut and was yeah. like, I'm just going to go for it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it gets him in trouble, but there's an admiration and a bravery behind yeah. it. Some yeah. people might say it's ignorance, but I don't know. Like there's an aspect where sometimes we just got to go and, and see what happens after that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd kind of call him a bull in a China shop today. Yeah. Ooh. Just kind of yeah. cl- clunked, it, clunked his way through everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think though, again, I mean, going back to that gust of wind of how God, orchestrates this of of how you see peter i mean when jesus calls you satan that's not a good thing on your resume right Uh, you know man (laughs) but because of that that gives us so much more of a clarity of jesus's intention that i am not going to be stopped from this and then you see him going back in with the 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 jew gentile and and who can eat with who kind of thing and you see peter who's you know he's he gets sucked back into the old way and who knows what we would do without Galatians clarifying what faith is and, you know, how we're to come together in Christ as opposed to being divided and finding our niches. If, if it wasn't for Peter's mess up to allow space for there to be a recorrect, uh, you know, course correction for all of us. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, those are just kind of shows, man, God's working you know, he's playing chess while we're playing checkers kind of thing, you know, that he knows yeah. what he's doing and, and really working it together. Huh. It kind of it kind of reminds me of Gimli. I was thinking him. Right. So, yeah. the, he's the um, the dwarf. He's right? the dwarf. Yeah. And yeah. In, in the movies, obviously, the characters played out a little bit more. He's even more comedy relief in oh, really? the movie. In the movie. Right. But but no, that that same idea is there like brazen, um, stubborn people type all persistent the keeps, keeps yeah working at it even if yeah. he messes up and screws up keeps yeah. getting up and i and i was thinking of this yeah in lord of the rings as you're talking here um yeah gimli is is the like immediate example in the fellowship of nine characters that go to do this whole quest thing but broader and maybe more profoundly are the elves that you see all in all three books and in the silmarillion um the elves live for eternity and their hearts are created to love the earth whereas man lives for however long uh, max 500 years in the books but they usually dwindle down to about what we are now like maybe 100 years um and man's hearts are created for eternity uh created to want more than the earth um, so there's that jealousy and dichotomy, but also beauty that forms and all of that. The elves, though, so because they live for eternity and live for the earth, they end up getting very, some of them, some of the different nations of elves get very, I guess, into themselves. They only live for their own people. They isolate from the rest of the world and basically overthink too much and don't interact with the world. Whereas there is a character, Elrond, who does step out. He's not brazen or anything like Gimli, um, but he does step out and he does do things to interact with the world and put his safety and his people's safety in jeopardy. Uh, And I do see that, like, there's... He sees the wisdom that you do need to do unsafe things. And I guess that's what I'm getting from Peter to a little bit that I, mm-hmm. I Colson am a very safe guy, calculate everything this season of transition in my life. God, God is forcing me to not take the control that I'm used to having. Cause there just isn't time for it. Yeah. 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 And that's, you that's do. a great insight and like a great challenge, you know, and you've seen, how God's been faithful. And this is again, building God's resume in your life, so to speak, mm-hmm. if he's going to get you through this, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Yeah. Will. And I've got to do things that that's, yeah. that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Uh, Peter does things. The Lord is calling me to do things, not just think about things. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Let's take a quick break and see what we have coming up at Cyprus and the branch church. In the Bible, it talks about how the church is like a body. 
and how the body is made up of many parts. Every part is important, and without each other, it cannot survive. And so here at Cypress Church and the Branch Church, there are so many ways that you can serve and get involved, whether it is being part of the worship team with me or being on leadership or being in the men's and women's ministry or children's ministry. And so sometimes when you join a church there, it can be very confusing and overwhelming because there's so many different ways that you can get involved and you don't know how. And so we, our leadership wanted to provide a way for you to get to know the different various ministries here at Cypress Church and for you guys to get involved because it takes a whole village to raise a kid. It takes everyone in the church working together for the glory of God. So at the end of our all church focus season, we're going to be hosting a ministry fair where you can get to know not only what ministries we have here at Cypress and the branch, but also the people involved. Maybe this is where you can step up and take the next step and grow not only as a hero, uh, but as a hero maker and get involved here at Cypress and the Branch Church. And now back to the episode. Jalinda, you wrote uh, a uh, one of the devotionals this week. Peter and Cornelius, it's coming up later in the week. Mm-hmm. I thought that was particularly, I, it was ideal that you wrote that as, it's really a great cross-cultural missions, you know, multi-ethnic kind of passage where you see the cultures, I don't know if it's colliding, but avoiding collision, you know, with how Peter and Cornelius navigate this. And given that you've been a missionary, um, what was your experience? What were your thoughts as you were writing it? Um, It was really a good, it was a really good passage. And, and I've got to say, there's, there's a lot of things that came to mind in in writing that one was i think it's something that at, all of us are challenged with and we're challenged with at this church and i think we do a good job at this church of bringing people together and inclusiveness and including everybody but i think particularly at this time and where we are in this country to just really include everybody. And diversity is so much more than just thinking about race and thinking about what somebody looks like. It's people's background. It's Mm -hmm. what people have been through. It's thinking about what, what somebody is hurting from for that day it's being sensitive to when you're talking about something you don't know what somebody has been through that day or that week or when you're talking about um you know we tend to sometimes look at some sins as so much worse than other sins you don't know what that person has been through that week or before what's happened with them to be sensitive to that always Mm. that's that's between that person and god you don't know what's happened you don't know what's happened in their past and to just always be sensitive to that and be open and loving and to love the person and to love them through that and Mm -hmm. to help them through that and to care about them and to walk with them through that and to love them and care for them. And to me, that's just, it's so important Mm -hmm. and we can help each other so much if we can just love each other. Mm. Yeah. And to me, that was so critical. I just need to tell one really short story oh, because... It doesn't have when, to be short. Go ahead. That's what the podcast is for. Yeah. <laughs> God taught me one of the most difficult things, I think, in, in South Africa because the ministry, one of the ministries that we were doing there was with children. And it was, it was a kids club where we, we fed about 400 kids each week and you have to know I didn't even like kids when I went there kids was not was not my thing I was just kids are keep them quiet when I'm in the restaurant please and keep them away from me (laughs) it was really funny that God put me starting a kids ministry you know but but anyway so um we started this ministry of feeding and teaching bible stories to about 400 kids and there were only two of us doing this 
Yeah, oh, which what? was oh, yeah, goodness. really funny, huh? I'm shocked. Wow. Yeah, it uh. was, and so we'd make them food and sing songs with them, and I do not sing, so that was really funny all by itself. So <laughs> I was leading them in songs and feeding them food, and then out out of this. There were a couple of kids that I picked up on the way, had a haul, and just that were in even worse situations than most of them. But their their grandmother, I, I this started because I was doing home-based care for, and AIDS care for um, women who were dying there. And their mother had died, so I'd go to their grandmother and pick them up. And she was not a very nice woman at all. She'd come out with her pipe and say she was going to beat them, and I'd go take them anyway. And so I was nice to her only because I wanted to take her children. Very, very true. I really did not like her at all. She was very mean. She was just one of those not nice people at all. After about six months, through a translator, she came and told one of the women there that she wanted me to find a home for her children because I was the only person who had ever been nice to her and kind to her. Wow. And God did such a work in my heart then that said, I, I was just so humbled by the fact that I had never, ever thought of being kind to her. I'd never thought of being nice to her. I had never prayed for her. I the only reason I was even decent to her was because I wanted to help her grandchildren. Hmm. And who who was I to not even think about her, or care for her, or love her? Yeah. But in spite of that, God touched her heart and for some unknown reason made her believe that I cared for her and loved her hmm. and helped find a home for her children. But that just did such a work in my heart that... Who, who was I to not care for her and only care for her kids? And that was just, it just did so much to me to realize I don't get to pick and choose who's worthy and who's not worthy. Right. And, and she was not a lovable person, but yeah. God loved her and God yeah. cared for her and God cares for everybody. He cares for the lovable and the unlovable. Yeah. And I just loved her kids. I didn't love her because mm -hmm. she was mean. Mm -hmm. But so what? God right. loved her. God saw her. God still wanted to save her. Yeah. And I'd kind of cast her away and only cared for her kids. And mm. that was such a humbling experience to me. Yeah. Wow. And it, it just, it really touched my heart that I got to care for everybody. I can't mm. pick and choose the people that I want to care for right. and the people that I want to minister to. Because she's chasing her kids around with a pipe. It doesn't matter. Yeah. God still loves her. Yeah. And wow. he cares for everybody. And and that kind of illustrates how a little can go a long ways. Yeah. Like almost even though from yeah. your perspective, you didn't care for her, but. But I didn't. My heart did not care for right. her. Right. Yeah. But as hard as every as she was and everyone else was, yeah. that felt like care to her, yeah. you know. Yeah. But my heart did not yeah, care yeah, for yeah, her. Yeah, my yeah. heart was hardened towards yeah. her. Yeah. Wow. So and God, God, still God really, but yeah. God, in spite of that, yeah. showed her love and mm -hmm. showed her mercy. Mm. So yeah. it was just a very, it was a lesson to me that yeah. I need to love everybody, yeah. no matter what they're like. Yeah. That's that's great. I mean, and, I, and we we need to be that way, not yeah. just love the people that. Yeah. How do we how do, to love? How do we do that? I mean, that's that's. Only God can help us do I mean, we can't do that on their right. own. There are people that just are not very lovable, but we no. need to love them anyway. Yeah. And I think that was a lot what the scripture was about, mm -hmm. was we need to love all people. Mm -hmm. And God doesn't see people the way that we do. Yeah. And God, God tells us when to love and who to love. And how to love. And his rules are not the same as our rules are. Yeah. 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 We have so many biases that come into it. Um, so yeah. many experiences. Like, um, you know, it could just be growing up and you experience different things or you might experience the same culture. Um, and so things that are unfamiliar to you uh, can tend to be scary. Or um, in, in a lot of ways, I just, I, I grew up 
well, this is not a generalization, but I grew up in the Midwest, um, in a, a more conservative, a very conservative church. And so, um, it felt like Jesus was scared into me, uh, <laughs> more like I was scared of hell. And so I'm going to go, I want to go to heaven instead. And in a lot of ways, some of the theology that I learned, uh, my understanding of God and people, uh, almost came out of fear, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a fear of unfamiliarity, fear of the unknown. And I think, to connect to this idea of getting caught in your own thoughts or not knowing others like, and Peter just stepping out and, and getting to know the, the different people or the different, um, their stories in, in that way. I think there's all this connection here where, um, sometimes whoever we, you know, I just remember becoming a pastor first. Um, and there's this, I just remember meeting and having to be the pastor on call for the first time. And of course the first week that I come uh, at Cypress uh, at at church and there's a homeless guy that comes in and he wants food. And to be honest, I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I, I was kind of scared and a little intimidated and it was like, he kind of smells, he's off the street. But as I started to talk to him, all of a sudden the humanness, came up and I heard his story, you know, down on his luck, all this stuff. And all of a sudden I, the person that I was so scared of or so unfamiliar, unfamiliar with, or so uncomfortable with all of a sudden became a human, just like a normal other human being. And Mm -hmm. while, and he's just like me, uh, broken down on his luck, struggling through things. And I think, um, to your point of getting to know other people, to your point of loving others regardless. Mm -hmm. And, and I think if we do that, I I, want to affirm and and say, maybe that's what we're, we're learning about and talking about here too. Yeah. I I think that's great. And I think it's an important thing for us. The experience and the engagement with people is so critical because it's easy to, and I was just reviewing the, the text and, you know, Peter was trying to be faithful by mm-hmm. not eating the stuff that God told him not to eat, mm-hmm. you know, and, and God was at work on bigger things. It was, wasn't, it was never about what you eat. It was about clean and unclean and that right. those barriers are being blown up now in Jesus because he fulfilled all that, you know, but I, I was just looking back and he, t- he had to tell him three times, you know, right. and, and, and then we know from elsewhere, Peter still didn't quite get it and Paul had to correct him, you know, but I think it's important that engagement piece, you know, because we're people who value the scriptures. We love the word and we can easily get into our do's and don'ts. And I, I think because we love the word, that's kind of our bias because we do value it. Yeah. And um, we want to, we don't want to give that up, but we want to always be remembered. What's the intention of this is that we love God more and we love people more and to engage with that. Um, I don't really know where I'm going with it. I guess that's the perils of a podcast, but it's <laughs> kind of an unformed <laughs> thought, but so anyone can feel free to save me here. But, but I think that's an important piece. Um, you know, that, that Peter was functioning out of how, what he knew best to do. Um, and it took really some big work on God to get him out of that. So, and, and it's a hard balance. I'll, I'll tell you another story we'd had, um, some girls who, the rules in South Africa were girls after at a certain age you they could they could have um house child headed households when they were like eleven and twelve years old. Wow. So there were these young girls that were living all by themselves, and we were trying to find homes for them, but the government had told us that they couldn't they couldn't do anything about it. they had to live by themselves. And we'd been trying to do something about them living by themselves. And we were trying to fi- follow all the rules of the land. And um, one night, we, I got a call about one of the girls. This was like 2 in the morning that she had gotten... She was in the hospital because she had gotten raped by six boys. And when that happened... I remember we 
prayed about it, and we both said, we're not following the laws of the land anymore. We took all six girls that we knew were living by themselves, and we moved them in with us. And we just said, we know those are the laws of the land, but we just feel like we cannot keep these girls unprotected any longer. So sometimes you have to say that this, because we'd been feeling for a long time like they were unsafe and like we needed to do something, but we'd been trying to follow laws. And that was one of those that we felt like we waited too long and that we should have done something sooner, but we were trying to follow what we thought were the laws. And we felt bad for a long time because we felt like we needed to do something, but we felt like we couldn't do something. And we went and we said, okay, this is what we're going to do, and you try and stop us again, and we're going to go to every newspaper, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we just moved them in with us. Oh, good. So uh, that's what, and sometimes it's hard to know what to do because you think you're trying to do what the right thing is, Mm -hmm. but you don't know how to judge that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well. And and it it is sometimes hard to know. Yeah. Because you don't know what what do I follow, what's the right thing. Right. Yeah, and I think we, we, we... and that's how and it's, how Peter it's is that? Hard to know. You know, you I mean, know? yeah. It's, what, what do I do? Yeah, and and that's where we know his grace is big, and yeah. you know, we do and our it's just best. Like, okay, we're going to step out, and we're just going to move him in. Yeah. Can someone clarify for me where or what the context is when uh, Jesus called uh, says to Peter, "Get behind me, Satan." What's he reacting to when P- Jesus tells them he's going to be? That he's going to go die and, and be crucified, oh. and and Peter says, "No, no, no, Three that's not part of the plan." Like, no, and that yeah. seems so good. Like I, yeah. I, I can relate. Like that seems like Peter was doing the right thing. No, don't go die. Yeah, don't like it's better yeah. for you to live. That's obvious. Yeah. And I, as an overthinker person, would, if Jesus said, "Get behind me, Satan," I would just roll over and quit. I would, <laughs> I would just no, go. Yeah, like I'd stop everything yeah. of like following Jesus because I obviously can't do it. That's mm-hmm. what my the demons in my brain would yeah. start saying. But it 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 does seem to to allude in the Bible that no, he was he was still used by God. Like that was all part of. I I, I wouldn't use words like that. That part was part of God's plan. But God knew that that was coming and still wanted to use Peter anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I can't let that sort of thing let me not do what seems best, even though it really may not be best. And that leads to another great story in Grace, Peter's life. Yes. Grace, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Absolutely, yeah. And and you yeah. see, like, I mean, after that, Jesus gets, you know, he gets put into all the, the, the mock trials and all that kind of stuff. And Peter mm-hmm. denies him three times, just like Jesus told him he would. Yeah. And then at the end of John, which is just a beautiful passage, and the, everyone will read that this week in the devotional, is that he restores him and he asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And and so again, feed my sheep, feed, feed my, my sheep, sheep, feed, feed my, my sheep. sheep. So you who have shown yourself in many ways unworthy, no one else was hanging around except for maybe John. Like, you know, most of them bolted, but Peter's the one we hear about. But he still has entrusted his plan, obviously under his sovereignty, you know, by the power of the Spirit. But he still puts the ball in our hands, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. he knows what he's doing, clearly. And so, um, which is an awesome responsibility and incredibly ennobling. <laughs> but he doesn't need to. He could do I it know. so many oh, other yes. ways. Yes, yeah. You know, he doesn't yes. need to. Have us do this for yeah. him. He he could do yeah. it other ways. Yeah. And it's still just, it, it's amazing to me that he takes such broken vessels yeah. to go carry out mm-hmm. yeah. his will. And I remember first becoming a Christian and reading the Bible and going, look what broken people he uses mm-hmm. to do his work. And, yeah. and maybe I... I'm okay because yeah. he uses others, very broken yeah. people, and he yeah. and he does. He he uses each of us to yeah. go. Do things for him, yeah. and, and how amazing is that? And how wonderful is that that he entrusts us in spite of ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's one of my favorite. I mean, it's amazing. It yeah. really is. Well, and I think. I'm not even sure if it's in spite of 
so much is because of. Like, yeah. I love the beginning of Second Corinthians. I think I mentioned one of the other podcasts even. And I wouldn't say it's my favorite verse, but it might be my most quoted verse, even though I misquote it. But it's this uh, idea that, you know, that we are, when when God comforts us in our suffering, in our, whatever our issues happen to be, yeah. that's so that we can comfort others down the line with the yeah. comfort we have received from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so like, through our mess ups, he's equipping us yeah. for the next guy who's going to mess yeah. up because he's going to need to know how to pick themselves up or be yeah. picked up mm-hmm. by God yeah. and brushed off. And we can say, Hey, that's been me. I've, I've done that. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. The wounded healer kind yeah, of. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. It's funny. When I was thinking, you mentioned Mary and I was thinking uh-huh. like, you know, Mary and Joseph, Mary, oh. uh, but it's Mary and Pippin, right? <laughs> no, it's Are Mary and Pippin. Mary's and, a dude. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, just getting back to bringing this kind of full circle Lord of the Rings, I know we're almost done, but, um, I remember watching the movie and I'm like, they just need to kill those guys. Like they are a drain on the team. Like, like they, they're, they're yeah. you know, they're sneaking through yep. and then they end and up they, knocking something down yeah, a well that wakes up the, the orcs. The movie is totally a Gandalf <laughs> dies because of Pippin's stupid movie. Right. And so I'm like, what do these guys bring? And like the, the third movie, they, you see them, you know, and I think that's the thing is we all have a part to play. Uh-huh. Um, and, and I think that some of us, God, working in us so that we be who he's made us to be Mm. not some kind of model of some ideal that we project or that we we try to fit in trying to be someone else you know i mean this is for the podcast later in the the series but i think that's some of it too is um yeah we mess up but Mm -hmm. god's got a part for all of us and he's got a place for for us each of us to shine too yeah yeah how god uses broken people we're part of the redemption like our hearts need to be redeemed too and Mm -hmm. him using us is part of the purpose he has in the grand scheme of things um it's the obvious parallel in lord of the rings is just how frodo is used to be the ring bearer because he's basically the wrong choice and it's it's told more clearly in the book than the movie just how how greedy and power hungry Sauron is he assumes everyone thinks that way and that they're going to give the ring if the ring is found by the good guys that the good guys are going to give it to the most powerful person who can wield it best because he assumes everyone anyone would wield it but Gandalf knowing that Sauron thinks that way and same with Elrond knows that to give it basically to the worst person would be the best concealment to the weakest person who if they we're able to use the ring. All Sam wants to do, like his temptation is to make a garden with it <laughs> as opposed to rule the world. Um, so it's the safest option, the most concealed option. And Frodo is kind of, in a way, you got to read the books, but he's kind of destroyed by it hmm. too. Uh, there's a lot there. Yeah. But yeah, the the Frodo, the weak vessel being the the best person for yeah. for the work to be done and that's entirely yeah. biblical as well right mm-hmm. back to the broken yep. vessels yep. and jars of clay yeah yep. mm-hmm. um i've heard this illustration where um i tell this to my worship team because in a lot of ways musicianship can uh, feel like you need to be perfect uh, when you're singing on stage or mm-hmm. playing um i always tell them that um we're broken vessels like pottery right and so mm, think of yourself as like a vase or something but with all these shards built together and inside of you is god's light and so in our imperfection god's light can shine through in our in in the holes that is in our vessel god can kind of shine through and i use that as an illustration to not only help people understand that when we sing when we play you know we're gonna be imperfect but in a lot of ways that there's a human humanness to it and it shows God's mm-hmm. perfection through, okay. and God can show through. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's good to note that God shines through that in spite of us, like you mm-hmm. mentioned sometimes, but also in the healing of that too. Like yeah. w- right. we don't want to just sit in our dysfunction and say, hey, mm-hmm. God will use this. I mean, certainly he will, but he's also got us on a journey. So let him heal it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, and like Peter mm-hmm. to... To, for those weaknesses to become strengths and mm-hmm. to, to be that pillar down the line. 
Um, you know, and there's always something to work on, but mm-hmm. we don't want to just sit in it. We want to continue. We want to grow through it. And the right. difference between Gollum and Frodo, it's, that's, that's told really well. Gollum just sits in the sin of the ring and lets it fester for 500 years. Frodo, like knowing what the ring is doing to him, seeing Gollum, uh, has to hope for Gollum because there's hope because he needs to hope for himself. Mm. And it does mess him up, but the redemption that happens at the end, and I don't want to spoil anything for the <laughs> listeners, the books, is beautiful yeah. for Frodo. Yeah. Well, the books are about 70 years old. And, and the, the movies have been the out movies for a while. Been a you while. can spoil yeah. it. We'll see. Spoiler yeah. I mean, alert. <laughs> All right, share it. I, okay. Uh, so Frodo Frodo is just so hurt by the journey. He can't, he can't enjoy peace. Hmm. Um, you know, World War II vets had a lot of trouble I, I feel like we're still feeling the effects mm. of world war ii like ptsd um just as a generation now um frodo acknowledges that the elves acknowledge that okay you can't stay here one of the elves gives basically her ticket <laughs> to the equivalent of heaven that she was going to that she deserved that she was waiting for for let me think um 10,000 years, I think. Wow. Um, she gives it to Frodo because there's other context to that. And he leaves home. He leaves his friends. He leaves everything that used to give him peace to to go and be healed in the eternal realm place. Dang. Well. And Gollum didn't want any of that. Hmm. He just wanted the ring. Oh. Makes me want to reread it. I haven't yeah. read it since. You've got to read it. You've yeah. got to read yeah. it. No. It's been many years. I watched the movies because I never thought I'd read the books. Never and as then good I did... as the books, though. Oh, they never are. Well, but I'm like, that's too many books. And then I did read the books, and they, good. they were wonderful. Yeah. The I uh, again, I'm so biased, but I do think they're beautiful adaptations. The the movies do do the books justice. They have to translate from idiom. Oh, from yeah. genre to genre. Yeah. But it's a very very good translation. Yeah. I think. That's great. I have seen the movies, but I read the okay. books many years ago. Yeah. Like I said, junior high school, so uh, we won't talk about how many years ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> the advice for everyone here and all the readers. Okay. Uh, just uh, get through the first half of Fellowship before giving up. Okay. Yeah. No, and that's good. And, and yeah, so read the Fellowship of the Ring, but read your devotional. And, and read <laughs> your <laughs> read your Bible. Right. Yes, read your read Bible. Read your Bible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and I think there's that's great because there's so much so many rich stories you know with Tolkien and really any story worth reading has a, a, a character that's transformed right and that's you know certainly the biblical story and that's our stories that we learn you know th- through Peter I remember my New Testament professor in seminary he really looked at Peter as the ideal disciple and not ideal in the sense of perfect but we learn so much from him you have the 12 and then you have Peter James and John who are the inner circle and then you have Peter and he's kind of reflects the life of a disciple there's ups there's downs Mm -hmm. um but god's moving us forward you know the the long-term trajectory is is up and so you know our failures aren't fatal and our victories are god's and so we just keep moving forward um and to be those those cracked vessels um for his glory so i think that's probably it for tonight or for today but uh victor any closing thoughts, commercials, anything you need to? <laughs> well, thanks, thanks, guys, for joining us. Um, there's so much here, and thank you for being willing to share your hearts and your knowledge uh, of everything. Um, so, um, I think we're gonna have to continue and get a, a whole podcast series of Jolinda stories, and then <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll probably have to deep dive into even more with you, Colson. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, again, if you have not picked up the devotional yet, go ahead and start. Um, it's it's not too late. Um, we have a serve day coming up soon, so uh, check your church app for the, the details for that. Um, finally, if you haven't gotten into a life group yet, this is the time. Uh, All Church Focus is just started, so you can still get into a life group, and you can sign up on our website um, on the app uh, or at the church on Sundays. Yeah. Tell us about the app real quick. How do we get that? Oh yeah. You should download the app. So if you go to the Google play store, the app store, um, you can download it. Just search Cypress church. Um, I believe we are second in, in the, in the row. So the more people that download it, hopefully we'll become first. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> number one. <Okay. laughs> number one church. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week. All right. Awesome. Thank you, guys. In the Bible, it talks about how the church is like a body and how the body is made up of many parts. Every part is important and without each other, it cannot survive. And so here at Cypress Church and the Branch Church, there are so many ways that you can serve and get involved, whether it is being part of the worship team with me or being on leadership or being in the men's and women's ministry or children's ministry. And so sometimes when you join a church, there it can be very confusing and overwhelming because there's so many different ways that you can get involved and you don't you don't know how. And so we our leadership wanted to provide a way for you to get to know the different various ministries here at Cypress Church and for you guys to get involved because it takes a whole village to raise a kid. It takes everyone in the church working together for the glory of God. So at the end of our all church focus season, we're going to be hosting a ministry fair where you can get to know not only what ministries we have here at Cypress and the branch, but also the people involved. Maybe this is where you can step up and take the next step and grow not only as a hero, uh, but as a hero maker and get involved here at Cypress and the branch church.